It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait. Can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on it. It is the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Lizer. No Jake Hatch today. He is taking a well-deserved vacation, took his family down to Disneyland, and uh, they're driving back right now, actually. So we may get Jake on the horn a little bit later. He said he'd let me know when he has hit Las Vegas, because that's when the service kicks back in. It is a long and long drive from, through the desert from Los Angeles, but I hope Jake had a great time. He said he saw a lot of people in uh, onesie pajamas, but I, I say, hey, man, comfort is comfort, and it sounds like he had a great time down there in Disneyland with his family. Um, exciting show today. We are live here at Stockton 12 Honda, the home of the Saturday show, and our place to come, uh, 10860 South Automall Drive, really easy to find. You get off that 114 South exit. Or 106 South Exit, sorry. You head east. You take a right right on that uh, Automall Drive, and uh, it's really easy to find. You drive along, and you get to that blue Honda building, so super easy. Coming to see us. It's the Happy Honda Days here at Stockton 12 Honda. This month, uh, you receive a $10 gift card just for bringing your car in for an appraisal. You don't have to – no purchase required. Just come in, get your car appraised, and they'll give you a $10 Target gift card. Uh, you can bring your car in for a free appraisal. And they'll give it, get it done in 30 minutes. They'll also give you 50 bucks, really easy. Uh, well, they also want to buy your car, so they'll give you $500 more towards your trade-in. Then if you're looking for a new Honda, you can get the 2019 Civic for $5 a day, the Accord for $6 a day, the CRV for $7 a day, or they're still doing that two Hondas for $12 a day. And if you're looking for a truck, come check out the Honda Passport. 280 horsepower, 3.5 liter V6 engine with 5,000 pounds towing capacity. So they've got a lot of great deals going on down here. It's a great day to come check out the lot, check out the cars. Inside they've got the they've got the brand new cars with the bows on them. It's time to get your Christmas shopping done. Come down here. Also, you can go on Stockton12Honda.com and you can buy any car online. Uh, today's going to be a fun show. We're going to be talking a lot about the Utah Jazz as they got the win last night and look ahead for the rest of their schedule. Ken Pomeroy of KenPom.com is going to join us at 1.30 as there's a big game today in the state for local college basketball, Utah State and BYU, as well as Utah taking on Weber State at the Beehive Class, uh, Classic up there at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, so it'll be fun to talk to Ken about that. Also, what's going on in college basketball across the country. As it does start before the end of college football season, people forget this, but we're so locked in on college football that college basketball gets going. Uh, but now is kind of the time to look at it. There are some really interesting programs here in the state of Utah. Um, and it'll be fun to talk to Ken about that, as well as what's going on nationally. As The question is, is there anyone really, really good in college basketball? Right now, I'm looking at his rankings. They've got uh, he's got Ohio State at number one uh, through his, followed by Duke, Louisville, and Michigan State and Kansas. That wraps up the top five, and those are you know those are teams they're used to. Uh, but it seems like you know no one really wants to take the mantle as the best team in the country, and maybe that's real. That's a good thing for college basketball. 
in my opinion, as it's fun when in any sport when there isn't one super dominant team uh, and some teams are competing. So we'll talk to Ken about that. We're also going to let you hear from Jay Hill and some players as the Weber State Wildcats. They got a big-time playoff win last night up in the cold in Ogden as they defeated Montana in a, you know, it was a wet uh, defensive game. The first half, there wasn't a lot of scoring. The second half brought a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, block punts, tons of interceptions for Weber State, uh, tons of sacks. It was in the snow. The crowd was there. Uh, I saw a lot of Montana fans made the trip down. So it was a really fun college football experience up there in Ogden. And a big win for Jay Hill and that crew. So they're moving on to the semifinals. And we will uh, let you hear from them. Uh, We're also going to try to let you hear from Mark Pope, BYU's head basketball coach. As, uh, of course, I mentioned, they take on Utah State today. Uh, And the Jazz players' reaction to their win last night and what to expect going forward from this team. Uh, So a lot of fun. We also got technical fouls. And I will be debuting a new segment without Jay Catch's knowledge. But... I think he's one guy who will be into the segment we're going to bring. It's going to be called the Local Look-In. Super super creative name, though. But what I wanted to do uh, in place of five minutes of soccer, if we don't have it that day, is kind of do a jump around of other results from the state of Utah in sports that maybe people don't really pay attention to as much because, you know, there's a lot to pay attention to. But if you're a fan of the university, Utah, BYU, Weber State, Utah State, UVU, all these schools – you're likely a fan of the other sports, even though you don't watch them. So just going to give you a quick update on what happened. Of course, uh, Utah played in volleyball last night. You've got Utah women's basketball, BYU women's basketball in full swing. Soccer's going on. There's a lot going on in the world of college athletics. And uh, maybe just a couple of minutes to give you an update of what went on around the world of sports that are in those, non, those quote, non-revenue sports that we don't really watch as much unless you're a super volleyball nerd like myself and uh the sweet 16 was yesterday elite eight today should be a lot of fun in uh the world of volleyball so a lot to do today it's gonna be a lot of fun of course don't forget ken pomeroy at 130 come see us we've got shirts we've got some uh those jazz desk ornaments also kyle these kyle introduced me to these seat belt pads they're utah jazz seat belt pads if you don't like that seat belt digging into you it is keeping you safe, so make sure you put it on. Uh, but these pads, they say Utah Jazz. They've got the logo on a couple of those left, so come by and see us, and uh, Kyle will hook you up with that. Uh, we've got Eric back in the studio. And, Eric, if you please, let's start by talking some Utah Jazz basketball as they got the win last night, 114-106. Yeah. Coming through the lane with a cock and hammer. Right hander for Donovan. Cross court pass stolen by Royce O'Neal. He's got AB on his left hip. He'll go all the way to the basket and dunk it. Beautiful job by Royce O'Neal, just giving AB no way to defend him and going to the window for a two hand dunk. 13 9, left corner. Donovan, ball fakes a three, drives, hangs in the air, kicks out to Bach Donovan, rotates to O'Neal, takes one dribble to settle himself, fires, misses. Donovan tap in, jam follow. Tied at 62. Beautiful drive into the body of Moutier. Great defense from Emmanuel, forcing the miss. Rebound comes down to the Jazz. O'Neal alley oop, slam dunk. George Niang, the deliverer. 10 points for Royce O'Neal here in the first 
321 left in the third. Jazz by five. Ingles high pick and rolls to Bear. Rudy rolls, puts the right hand high above the crowd and packed it. Oh, Rudy scraped up a little ceiling on that one. Bogdanovich straight down the barrel, three foul, baked it in. D'Angelo Russell says, I didn't touch him. Hands to Bogdanovich, bad spacing, guy standing about shoulder to shoulder. Bogdanovich comes to the top, working out the pick and roll, he's been turnover prone tonight. He drives, he steps back, tough three, got it! Oh, that was filthy, Bogey! Totally filthy! There you go. There's some highlights from the game last night, 114-106. Utah Jazz winners over the Golden State Warriors. Um, that game last night, some of the box score. Boyan Bogdanovich, he hits eight threes, his career high in three-pointers. He goes eight of 13 from beyond the arc with 32 points, eight of 18 on the day. Uh, Royce O'Neal had a nice night, 14 points, uh, six of 11 from the field. Joe Ingles with the start in the absence of Mike Conley, had 13 points, and uh, Rudy Gobert, 15, and Donovan Mitchell had a strong night, 10 of 19 from the field, 28 points on the night. Um, the Golden State Warriors, they were led by Alec Burks, former Jazz man, 24, 24 points for him. Jangelo Russell at 18 points, but uh, the Jazz were just too much for the Warriors. But I will say, it the Jazz trailed at the half. They were down by 10 at one point. Um, it was not the prettiest of games for the Utah Jazz, and I, I think they would admit that. But the most important thing is obviously the win. But last night you kind of saw some of the things that have been uh, ailing this team a little bit. The uh, the defensive breakdowns, uh, the guys coming off the second unit um, did not quite hold on to the lead like they did in that Minnesota game. Now, the, when you go back to the Minnesota game, uh, the Jazz kind of got – that's kind of what you wanted out of the Jazz when this team was put together. You have a really strong starting lineup, and the the bench guys came in and gave you a huge lift against the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road, and um, they kept the lead. And even though it was a closer game necessarily than Jazz fans would like playing against the Timberwolves, this is the NBA, and teams at home especially are going to be able to score some points. And so when they play the Timberwolves, they get that win, 127-116. That was a very solid win for the Utah Jazz. Uh, when it came to the Warriors game, this is a team that the we've been hearing the conversation that the Jazz are moving into a time of their schedule where, you know, everyone is under 500 and uh, there's a combined win record of, you know, whatever. And these teams that they're going to be facing, they've got the Timberwolves and the Warriors and the Magic coming up on Tuesday. And... It did not quite start like I think many Jazz fans would hope. But at this point in the season, I think when you're going into this schedule where they should be able to make some hay, at least in the wins and losses, I think the way they are going, the way they play is going to be way more important than just wins and losses. Because um, they should be able to get a lot of wins. They've got Orlando, Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami. Uh, let's see, and then Portland are their next five games. Now, Miami's a really tough team. We'll talk about them later, but when we're talking about the way they should be making hey, they should get wins. But if I'm on this team and I am Coach Snyder, we want to see how they win. And they should be able to really 
Howard Beck on the the big show yesterday, this is a time that maybe they can experiment with some things. I don't know about experimenting. I think they should maybe just really focus on the things that they've been trying to accomplish all season long and hasn't quite come along in the way that I think many of us thought they would. 15-11 is a good record, but they haven't necessarily played, I think, up to their capabilities. That doesn't mean they can't. I I 100% believe that this team has the talent. What they put together is what they were what they put together is a this is a super strong starting lineup for the Utah Jazz. If Mike Conley and Jake Hatch and I have talked about this before, if you can kind of get to an average and not an average like in the classic sense, but an average for what Mike Conley can bring you, I think they really will take off. But you haven't quite seen that yet. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich has been a really bright spot for them so i i think when it all comes along and the players have continued to preach this and the coaches they said we've got 10 new guys we're trying to figure this out and they're trying to win in the process now they've won three out of the last four they kind of put a cushion between their wins and losses at 15 and 11 and they're still they're going to continue to preach patience 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 and i i, I still believe that it might be the way to go is just to believe that this team is going to put it together. But the the alarming part is kind of the way they've played at times. And hopefully the the thought process of them going into a schedule that might be more that might be more achievable for wins, hopefully that does kind of bring the team together and they really start figuring things out. Hopefully Mike Conley comes back um, strong from this hamstring. They have the easiest schedule in the NBA for the next 20 games. They don't have a single back-to-back for that next stretch. Thank you, NBA. I don't want to work a back-to-back, but um, hopefully this is the stretch where they can work out those kinks because eventually they really got to start putting the hammer down on these teams that um, aren't as good. And that's the that's the New Yorks, the Orlandos. You got New Orleans twice. Chicago's bad. Detroit might not be very good. Portland hasn't started well. Charlotte, Atlanta is surprisingly bad. And this is the time to really put together a stretch. But I think it is fair to expect improvement, regardless of what, um, regardless of what the schedule looks like. You want to see them play well. So when they go in to play these teams like Miami who is in the middle, is at the back end of this next road trip that they're on on the 23rd of December, I think it's fair to expect them to perform well and then go into a game against a really good team in Miami who only lost their first home game of the season last night against the best team in the NBA, the Lakers, and to go in and show something better than they have on the road against some of these better teams, uh, like the Torontos where they were down 40 at half, like Philadelphia where they were down 20-plus at some point. They came home and lost to the Lakers in a big way uh, back on December 4th. So we all know these losses, but they should. I, I feel like it's fair to expect them to beat the, the lower-tier teams in the NBA and in dominant fashion and then go out and at least compete better against some of the best teams in the NBA. And more goes into this, I'm sure, than I'll ever know, and I know this for a fact, um, you know they don't tell us or anyone anything because there's a lot more that goes into a game plan and rotations and things like that than we than we will ever know but i i don't think it's unfair to say well they should perform better and well this bench should perform better because it can't be especially that second unit the hard part right now is it just it's such a drop off when they come in um if you look at 
you know, single game plus minus isn't always the best thing to look at, but it seems to be a recurring theme where you got minus 18, minus 17, minus 17, minus 7 off the bench. This is last night's game against the Warriors as opposed to plus 23, plus 24, plus 24, plus 25, plus 3. And uh, single game is tough to just make a decision on, but if it's this seems to be continuing the trend for what the Jazz have in that second unit. Now, I believe those guys, they're playing better. Uh, you saw David Locke tweet last night, Emmanuel Moutier has really started to change his game. Ron Boone has been super complimentary of Moutier and his his evolution as the season has gone, gone along. He's uh, changed his game a little bit and uh, becoming more of a facilitator. Uh, three assists last night coming off the bench. He only, let's see, he took two shots but went to the line six times. So Moody is a guy who I'm seeing a lot of improvement on. Uh, Niang, Ed Davis, and Jeff Green came off the bench last night for the team. And, uh, you know, they're, they're trying, and I, I think if they can just hit a little bit more, they can hit a few more shots, I think that bench unit is going to be a world's different. You're talking about four guys who went two of, um, let's see, two of quick math on the air, two of 13 on the night off the bench, and Ed Davis didn't attempt a field goal. Had six rebounds, kind of did what he's known for, but uh, you got to hit a few more shots coming off the bench, and that that just might be the difference between providing that lift for the starting lineup that, I mean, if you're getting 30, if you're getting five guys in double figures out of your start, starting lineup, maybe you put Joe Ingles back onto the bench. That's going to be an interesting conversation, too, that we can get into later, where Joe Ingles succeeds. He's a guy, he will do whatever it takes to help the team. He's not a guy who would ever complain about anything. But he's been really successful in that starting lineup. And when Mike Conley comes back, what effect does that have on this team? I believe it'll be a lift if Conley has returned healthy and can kind of get to what we've seen out of him in his career. And Joe Ingles, maybe just putting him on the bench, all of a sudden you get 13 points out of him. He facilitates maybe him and Ed Davis get something going in that pick and roll. Uh, but right now the rotation has been interesting because they've had to kind of throw a lot of the starters in with the second unit to try to mix things up and keep uh, try to keep themselves afloat. And so next two games, I want to see how they play regardless of wins and losses because I believe they're going to win a lot of these games going on the road. They've got that, like I mentioned, they've got that December schedule that is certainly in their favor. I mean – if I look all the way, if I look at just the rest of the month, there's one until, let's see, December 23rd, like I said, at Miami. But other than that, the rest of this month, they should be able to rack up the wins. If you're talking about Orlando twice, Chicago, Detroit. Uh, they got the Clippers on uh, Saturday night on December 28th. That's a that's a 8.30 tip. That's obviously going to be a tough one, but two out of your next eight games should be very winnable, or six out of your next eight games should be very winnable, even though you have a bunch of road games. Um, they haven't been great on the road, but these are kind of the teams that you can go on the road and really pad that road record. And all of a sudden, you put yourselves in a good position in the Western Conference. So we'll get more into the NBA later on in the day. Coming up on the other side, Ken Pomeroy joins us from KenPom.com. We're live here at Stockton Tolpondo. Make sure you come in and see us, 10860 South, Automall Drive, super easy to find. And uh, we'll tell you about some of the deals they've got going. Um, of course, don't forget, you can get the Civic for $5 a day, the the uh, Accord for $6 a day, the CRV for $7 a day, also the two Hondas for $12 a day, 
And, of course, it's Happy Honda Days down here at Stockton 12 Honda. They've also got their giant selection of certified pre-owned Hondas out there on the lot. So come in. Lots of pretty busy today. Lots of people coming in. They've got plenty of salespeople to help you out. Come look at a car. And uh, don't forget, certified pre-owned giant selection out there if you're looking for one of those vehicles as well. New, pre-owned. They've got whatever you need down here at Stockton 12 Honda. Uh, Ken Pomeroy coming up on the other side here on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. Or making a quick trip to the home improvement store. We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network live here from Stockton 12 Honda down here on the in the Auto Mall. Super easy to find. 10860 South Auto Mall Drive. Come see us. We've got shirts. We've got jazz seat belt covers. We've got jazz uh, parking signs. We've got jazz tote bags. Man, I didn't even see all that stuff next to you, Kyle. We've also got uh, some of those desk ornaments as well. So come check it out. Come grab some uh, jazz swag. Uh, Today and into this evening is the Beehive Classic up there at Vivint Smart Home Arena. And one man who will be on the scene for that is, uh, in my opinion, the best college uh, basketball voice in this great country of ours. And he is my good friend, Ken Pomeroy. Ken, how are you today? Adrian, your opinion is the only one that matters, so I uh, appreciate that, that. That is what that, I figured. That's why I brought you in this way. Uh, Ken, you're going to be there today. Let's start with the earlier game of the afternoon, Utah versus Weber State. Utah's 7-2 and two on the year. Uh, they've got a young team, but it seems like they're playing hard for Larry Kruskoviak. They got that nice comeback victory against BYU. What have kind of you seen out of Utah early in the season? And I believe in your rankings, though, you have them, I believe they're 111th or so right now. And uh, what does that team need to kind of do to climb in the eyes of people in, this, in, uh, in the landscape of national, in basketball? And uh, what have you seen out of them earlier? Well, yeah, it's been kind of a mixed bag so far. Uh, I mean, as you mentioned, they do have the the second youngest team in the country uh, in terms of at least their experience. And uh, you'll hear that fact probably mentioned today if you uh, watch this game on the TV and just know that uh, that fact came from my site. They, probably, they might not cite it, but uh, just know that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the deal. I think the expectations, you know, shouldn't be too high because they are so young. Uh, but certainly I think things have uh, started to head in the right direction. Obviously, getting the win over BYU was huge. You know, Ryland Jones hitting a big shot there to send the game to overtime. And, and really that that core of, of Jones and uh, Booth Gotch and Timmy Allen, like it's that's a really solid core. So, you know, I don't want to go crazy and, and try to pretend like, you know, this team is a you know a tournament team or anything like that. But, I mean, right now I haven't projected to go 7-11 in conference. And I think mm. – you know, a realistic expectation, nine and nine. You know, I think Utes fans could feel pretty good about that, especially given the fact that the team is so young. So uh, today, I think you just got to look for them. You know, if they're going to be that type of team, they really—I don't want to say they shouldn't have any problem with Weber State, but uh, this game should should not be closed down the stretch if that's the type of team we're going to have in Pac-12 play. When you talk about the Pac-12, Ken. Um, is this a strong league this year, or is it still kind of top-heavy like it has, has been uh, with Oregon and Arizona as kind of the teams right now that have 
at Washington, I know, got to the tournament last year, but it wasn't necessarily a great Washington team. What is the Pac-12 like compared to the other P5 conferences? Yeah, it's still, I'd say, I'd say it's still six among the, the Power Six conferences. Okay. Um, it's, it's rebounded a little bit from last year. You know, last year was really rough where it was kind of neck and neck with the American, you know, really for right. the seventh best league in the country. So that was a little more... Uh, a little more troublesome, but you know, this year Oregon, uh, you know, they uh, picked up a great win uh, today against uh, Michigan on the road. Uh, Arizona has a big game tonight against Gonzaga, but they've looked really strong so far. Uh, you know, and you have these other teams lurking, like Washington. You know, they they could be a tournament team. Colorado could be a tournament team, although they suffered a pretty bad upset this week to Northern Iowa. So there's some teams lurking there. I think the overall strength of the conference is up. The bottom of the conference is better than it has been. Um, so, you know, you know, it's not a, a situation where this, this league is maybe back to, I, I don't know what the glory days were for it in basketball, but, they, you know, the mid-2000s, they were, they were pretty decent. Um, they're not quite back there yet, but uh, it is a better, a better year than last year, and so there should be, you know, a few more quality wins to be had in, in conference play this year. Uh, Utah's opponent, Weber State, 5-7 uh, and seven on the season. Um, or three and five, sorry, I had that backwards. Three and five on the season. Uh, they come into this game out of the big sky. It's a team that's found a lot of success in that conference. And, of course, it's one of those leagues, obviously, that you only get one team to come out of. Is uh, Weber State a team that's going to be able to rebound in league play, in your opinion? Well, uh, again, this game, I'm you know kind of interested to see how they perform. I think some things are, are up in the air with them. They you know, obviously the season opener, they lost by like 60 or something to Utah State, and uh, and that wasn't pretty. But since then, they've had uh, some encouraging games. They, they, you know, they won at Utah Valley, uh, which is their only win against a Division One team so far. Um, but, you know, led by Jarek Harding and Cody John, they have an experienced backcourt. That's going to be kind of the interesting matchup in this game, you know, facing up against uh, Rylan Jones and, and Booth Gotch. Uh, you know, see who gets the best of that matchup. This is a game I think if Weber is going to contend in the big sky, this is a game they should be able to, you know, keep interesting for 30, 35 minutes, maybe even, you know, make it interesting down the stretch. So we're, we're going to learn a lot more about Weber State today. But, uh, you know, the early developments are uh, not terribly promising for the team so far. They're just such a hard team to judge, though, always early in the season yeah. because they do play almost all their games on the road against better teams. And their record is going to be, you know, pretty ugly no matter what. So um, this is a, a game that uh, I don't know if it's winnable, but it's certainly a game that they, you know, could stick around in if they, uh, again, are going to be that type of team that can compete for a Big Sky title. Uh, the game of the evening, of course, Utah State taking on BYU. Uh, let's see, you've got BYU at 43rd right now in your rankings. Utah State below them at 48th. Uh, Utah State 10-1 and one on the season. We're in the top 25, and BYU uh, obviously has a couple nice wins this year. Let's start on the BYU side of things, Ken. Uh, a team that's uh, you know making a rain from the outside. They've got Yoli Childs back, and he's been a beast since he's re- returned from that uh, suspension early in the season what has mark pope brought to this team that maybe i don't want to say was missing with dave rose but has kind of been the difference in some of their early success i know they lost to boise state that's not a great loss and uh, letting that utah game get away from them but uh, byu's been impressive early in the season yeah no doubt i mean even before they got yelly child back they were they were pretty impressive the offense mm-hmm. just is uh, it seems to be a little bit more dynamic than it uh, than it has been in previous years. Um, you know, really the backcourt. I think getting Alex Barcelo eligible really helped them. So now they, you know, they have him. They have T.J. Hawes. 
Um, they have Jake Toulson, uh, who transferred over from Utah Valley. And, you know, they got three guys that are, um, you know, multi-dimensional scorers can score from from different levels on the court. Uh, and uh, obviously, adding Childs to the mix just you know helps them out that much more in terms of having a capable scorer inside and a guy who can you know grab some offensive boards as well. So. Um, so, yeah, you really got to like what they're doing offensively. I, I mean, you look at what they've done this year. You know, you mentioned the Boise State game, which kind of came down to the wire. Uh, the Utah game, where they really controlled that game for 37, 38 minutes and uh, let that get away. And then also the San Diego State game. San Diego State hasn't lost this yeah. year. And uh, that game, you know, BYU, I don't want to say they were in control, but they've led most of the way. And, you know, San Diego State just outplayed in the last five minutes. So, you know, you flip a few plays in each of those games, and there would be a, a serious hype train on the move for, for BYU. They, I think – Heading into the season, you really had to feel like, you know, there was an outside shot they could make the tournament. But the way they've played so far, you know, they certainly are a tournament-quality team. Now they, they have to start pulling out these close games, obviously, to, to make that happen. But the road win at Houston will really help them. And then, you know, if they can pick up a win against St. Mary's or Gonzaga, preferably two wins in conference play, uh, win this game today, then, you know, I think you're starting to, to see how they could, you know, certainly get into the tournament, maybe with a, even a little bit of ease. So uh, you mentioned Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, for the last few years, it's kind of been them and everyone else in the WCC. And, of course, Gonzaga's been on a different level as they have been for a lot of years. Uh, it sounds like maybe you believe that BYU can make a little more hay in the conference this season. Is that because uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's are more beatable or more that BYU is improved, or is it both? Yeah, a little bit of everything. BYU, uh, you know, you have to assume that they're – going to be improved, I guess, for the scenario to work out. Gonzaga's really right. good, so I, I don't think Gonzaga has dropped off a whole lot from previous seasons. I mean, maybe they're not a top-five team this year. Maybe they're a top-ten team or something like that, um, but they're still really, really good from what I've seen. St. Mary's has been a little bit down so far this year, and uh, and so it's conceivable the BYU could jump them. Uh, you know, what it often comes down to for BYU, too, is just in league, mm-hmm. they just can't lose too many games to the teams below them, which is tough, because some of these teams you don't really care about or hear about, like San Francisco and Santa Clara and Pepperdine, are good enough to be BYU in their own building. So, um, so those are the games that are kind of sneaky and that BYU is going to have to win this year. They could, you know, maybe drop one or two of those games over the course of the season, but they can't go any any further than that if they want to make the tournament. So, um, so that's kind of the lay of the WCC land, and it's uh, not unusual if you've followed the conference the last, you know, four or five years. It's basically the way it's uh, always been since BYU joined the league. Uh, Ken Pomeroy with us here on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. Good friend of the station. Uh, check out his work at KenPom.com. Get yourself a uh, subscription to that. It is a great way to follow, follow college basketball. Uh, Utah State, 10-1 on the year, Ken. Uh, they're getting their big man back. Should be a fun game tonight, but what have you seen out of Utah State? Where do they fit kind of in that national picture? A tournament team of last year started the season in the top uh, 20 and have dropped off a little bit, but they're still finding a way to win games. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot of that ranking was based on Nemius Cato being in the lineup, and right. he obviously really hasn't been thus far, you know, played seven minutes against Fresno State, but other than that, um, has not given them anything. So uh, the fact that Utah State has started out, you know, as strong as they have, much like BYU starting out so strong without Yoli Child, that, you know, is encouraging. Getting that win against LSU will really help them, you know, from a resume standpoint. And, you know, we'll see how much they get from Cato today. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, last year this was a team that was top five in the country in terms of two-point percentage defense, and obviously Cato had a lot to do with that. Uh, this year they're, you know, barely hanging into the, the top 40 or so. So he can certainly improve them on that regard and give them more of a, I don't know about an elite defense, but a really good defense. 
uh, which uh, is a, something they could use today. Because one thing we didn't talk about with BYU, you know, you talked about the shooting, and they're obviously a good three-point shooting team. But they've actually been a really good two-point shooting team as well. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, Utah State could use all hands on deck to uh, defend against that. Um, I, I mean, it's probably – you know, foolish to expect Cater to play 25, 30 minutes today. But if he can even give them 15 to 20, um, he could really have an impact on this game. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, for that game tonight, what are you looking for? And who, where does each team maybe have an edge? And maybe who do you think is going to pull this one out? Yeah, you know, this is just a great matchup. Actually, look at my, uh, my game listing for today, and I have it as the third best matchup nationally. So, uh so it's a pretty solid cool. game uh, uh, that uh, people probably don't realize. It's not kind of going to be obscure if you're not at the game. I think well, it's on like BYU TV or something. So it's uh, yeah. maybe not getting the, the national publicity it deserves. But uh should be a fun one. You know, it's like definitely, you know, uh, the match I'm looking forward to is, is the BYU offense uh, against the Utah State defense. Um, because, you know, BYU is a little bit limited defensively. It's kind of been, a, you know, a historical thing for them. But offensively, that's really where they're going to kind of, um, you know, prove themselves this season. And so, uh, so that's going to be a real test for Utah State. Again, you know, Kate is out there. They have more options. When he's off the court, you know, Utah State pretty much ends up playing small. And, and that's kind of how uh, BYU can get comfortable. So, um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh you know, really good game should come down to the wire, and uh, whichever team gets it is going to have a really nice, uh, you know, kind of top 50 win on their resume. For sure, for sure. All right, on the national landscape, Ken, who's good and who's who's the best <laughs> team in the country right now? <laughs> yeah, it depends how we wanted to find good, but there's, uh, <laughs> I don't think there's, I don't think there's any team out there that's going to necessarily go down in history as one of the game's greats. So, you know, there's obviously been. Right. Uh, um, a lack of uh, of great play at, at the top of college basketball, and we can speculate as to why that is. Whether it's you know so many players leaving early now, or or what's going on. But um, Ohio State has clearly played the best uh, of any team in the country so far this season. You know, really shredding uh, multiple good teams by uh, large numbers of points. Um, you know, that's that's you know beating Penn State. Uh, um, Villanova, UNC, you know, beating three, you know, really solid teams by by lopsided margins. I I do have a rule, Adrian, which uh, I try to live by. You can't really live by it, I don't think, in the sports radio world. But I try to not judge good teams after they've lost because it's obviously you can look at Ohio State. What are you going to pick apart? Like they've been perfect in every game, but they're going to lose eventually. They're going to lose four or five times this year at least. And uh, and when we see that, then I think we can start to judge. You know, kind of. Uh, how good they are? Are they truly the best team in the country? Are they not? It's a little, you know, people I think are a little hesitant to buy into them just because heading into the season, you know, I don't know where they were in the preseason AP poll, somewhere between 10 and 15, I believe, and that's where they were in my ratings. Um, so we, you know, people didn't think they'd be the best team in the country, and so there's rightfully a little bit of skepticism. But uh, thus far, you can't argue with the results. They've been a very, very good basketball team. Uh, Ken, last thing before I let you go, you kind of sparked a question in my mind when seems like the NBA is moving towards the one-and-done rule going away and maybe going to let some players leave from high school and go straight into the NBA. What kind of effect do you think that may have on college basketball? Well, I guess the first thing is, like, I I keep hearing this, and then we never really hear when it's going to happen. Well, yeah. You know, it seems like it's imminent, yeah. and then there's, you know, never really any uh, firm announcement about it. So I, I don't know when that's going to happen. But uh, if it did happen – yeah, I mean, I think we're getting a taste of that this year where, you know, the, the two-way contracts in the NBA really uh, given another avenue for players who want to go pro early to kind of earn a decent salary while they're developing. And that's obviously uh, 
uh, an enticing thing for, for somebody who is in college and, you know, not earning any money, at least over the table. So, uh, right. you know, we're already seeing that with, you know, really 60, 70, 80 players going pro early now. Um, you know, it's affecting the landscape of college basketball in a, you know, pretty significant way. I mean, the obvious answer is yes, the talent level goes down. I don't think it really affects necessarily who the best teams are. Like, Kentucky's still going to get the best mm. players available after, you know, all the players from high school go pro. Um, you know, Duke's still going to get those those great players. And the right. fact is, like, a lot of those players are probably still going to be one and done anyway. Um, so, I, you know, the quality level of the game will probably drop to some extent. And, you, I mean, you really have to be a fan of the college game to stick with it. If you're looking for, like, high-quality basketball, it's on the level of the NBA. Like, you're probably not watching college basketball anyway. So I don't know if it'll have a, you know, really huge effect on, on the interest in the game. Interesting. Well, Ken, uh, you are a gentleman and a scholar, and I appreciate you jumping on, giving a few minutes for me today. Enjoy the basketball games this evening, and uh, get a get a drink. So you're gonna you're gonna be sitting there a while. So kind of enjoy your time. Relax. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a two hour break between games today. So uh, yeah, you oh, really geez. have to uh, enjoy Vivint Smart Home Arena to sit out this doubleheader. Yes, we all do. Well, uh, thanks again, man. Appreciate your time. All right, thanks, Adrian. Thanks. That's uh, Ken Pomeroy. Make sure to follow his work at KenPom.com. Always does a great job, and I really appreciate him hopping on the show with me today. I talked about kind of the best teams in college basketball, and, uh, you know, this matchup today is going to be a good one. You heard him there. He had mentioned BYU-Utah State, the third best matchup nationally. And uh, yet, didn't get hasn't seemed to be getting a lot of pub, but hopefully it's a great game tonight. And hopefully Utah-Weber State is also a good game. You know Randy Ray knows how to coach that team up, and Chris Koviak has done a nice job this year uh, with the University of Utah's young, young roster. So it should be a good couple of fun games. It's the last iteration of the Beehive Classic. So if you like this format for college basketball in the state, make sure you go down and check it out. I know uh, Donovan Mitchell said he'd be watching the game Utah State-BYU uh, tonight. I'm not sure if, he's gonna, if he said he's going to make it down, but he said he's going to be watching it. So... Uh, going to be a lot of eyes on Vivint Smart Home Arena, it, and I hope it's a packed house with Utah State and BYU fans. Uh, you can also hear that game on this station on 1280 of the Zone uh, with Scotty G on the call. All right, coming up on the other side, it is time for technical fouls, and uh, we'll let you know what Stockton 12 Honda has going on down here as we're here till 4 o'clock. Come in and check that out. Get some uh, shirts, some uh, some seatbelt covers, some parking signs. Kyle's got you hooked up down here. So it should be a lot of fun for the rest of the show. We'll also let you hear some audio from the zone this week, uh, including Jay Hill and their win last night at Weber State over Montana. And uh, Coach Mark Pope had a great interview with Tony and Austin earlier this week as well. So a lot to go here on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. So who is more Shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. And if you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Because that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Lizer. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow my co-host, Jake Hatch. He is not here today, but you can follow him at Jacob C. Hatch. And also check out his Locked on Cougars podcast, uh, Daily 
BYU Sports Podcast there from Jake, and uh, he does a great job on that, so make sure you subscribe to that. And uh, he is on vacation today, driving back from sunny Disneyland. He's going to come back to a dreary Salt Lake City. He's supposed to get some snow this weekend, so uh, safe travels to Jake Hatch as he returns from uh, sunny Southern California. Um, if you're a uh, programming note, if you're looking for Utah versus Weber or state in basketball, Tony Parks and Tim Lacombe are on the call on uh, 1280 AM, the zone. And, uh, Tony does a great job. He's called the beehive classic before, and he does a great job with it. Tim Lacombe on with him. Also catch Tim on, uh, some jazz pre half and post game shows as he is, uh, in the rotation. And he does a great job on that as well. So, uh, cool. Uh, it'll be fun to listen to, uh, Tim and Tony on the call for that game. Uh, also later today, Utah State BYU will be on the Zone Sports Network as well. So if you're looking for that, head over to 1280 AM if you want to stick around on the Saturday show. Uh, we appreciate it, and you can uh, stay with us. We will be here at Stockton 12 Honda until 4 o'clock. It's time for technical fouls here on the show. Uh, segment where we hand out fouls for doing dumb things in sports. And I know Eric's got one. I'll start us off here, Eric. And uh, this goes to the Tennessee Volunteers technical foul on them. Uh, they were awarded the Music City Bowl as part of their uh, as their postseason destination. And uh, they were not happy with it. And a couple, they were easy, they were able to uh, get the University of Kentucky kicked out of the Gator Bowl, and uh, put and they took their spot. Kentucky had uh, is now moved down to the Music City Bowl because they played each other and they both got a seven and five record. So the Tennessee Volunteers argued that uh, they should be in that bowl instead of. Uh, Kentucky. Now the the technical foul here goes as they after they announced it the Music City Bowl and it took so long for them to get a change. A bunch of Tennessee fans had already booked their flights and tickets to get down to the Music City Bowl. Only and uh, that that means that all that stuff that they paid for is not going to be any good for those volunteer fans and uh, uh, that sucks. And I hope that uh, maybe University of Tennessee will do something to help those people out, but. A technical foul on them for kind of strong arming their way into a different bowl after its announcement, and uh, they, they those fans had to shell out some cash, and uh, they they won't be going to the right destination. All right, uh, Eric, what do you got for us? I have got one that I think uh, I brought up to Jake earlier this week, and he agreed with. Okay. Uh, it is life taxes and the Patriots cheating. Uh, there is perhaps a second Spygate going on. Uh, if not, just a technical foul on the Patriots in general for putting themselves in a position where there could even be a tiny, tiny chance that right. a Spygate-type situation could happen again. How do you how do you let this happen? I realize it's an independent contractor, Adrian, but mm-hmm. I just don't understand how you let someone get caught from your organization a second time filming a sideline and I don't actually think there was any cheating involved it's just a bad optic for the Patriots and kind of funny for everyone to get their jokes in so I guess my biggest technical foul is just on on Twitter people for making their jokes about this Spygate thing because it, it wasn't that big a deal but it turned into a whole story yeah, I, I think that's the biggest point here is that whether or not there was any cheating going on, the, the Patriots have lost kind of the benefit of the doubt in this situation, you know? Yeah. And, and that's because they have been caught doing things like this before. And uh, whether, I mean, I sort of believe they're 
their uh, explanation that this is a separate film crew that was going in there. But, I mean, the jokes are all there, and they kind of make sense. Like, how far will the Patriots go to get an edge? They'll send a independent film crew to go film the Bengals on the sideline? It, it, it kind of <laughs> – it all adds up to kind of make sense because of these situations that they've put themselves in. So I think you're exactly right. <laughs> like, how do you continue to put yourself in a situation like this? Yeah, they, they just should have – I don't know. There should have been more foresight on the Patriots' For part. For sure. But, At least let them know you're coming. But that's, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah, that, but that's, that's the Patriot way is to yeah. kind of do it this way. So <laughs> yep. uh, that's a good one there. Uh, my last technical foul is going to be on Patrick Reed's caddy and brother-in-law, who apparently got in a shoving match with a fan. Patrick Reed has been um, the, the public enemy number one in the golf world. Uh, he is not well-liked in general, but then when he got caught cheating last week, if there's one thing golf fans hate, it's cheaters. You think football fans hate cheaters when it comes to the Patriots. Golf fans, are they are ruthless when it comes to that thing, especially when they're watching the pros do it. I mean, we can all go hack up a golf course and cheat, cheat our day away, but they will not accept it. And down in Australia with the President's Cup, apparently those Australian fans have been ruthless. Patrick Reed's caddy had enough, and uh, he went into the, got out of his golf cart, went into the crowd, and uh, started shoving. And uh, they had to be separated. So technical foul there on Patrick Reed's caddy. Listen, but, I, uh, I, I'm oh, kind. I'm kind of a Patrick Reed famo. I, I like the no. golf. I, I like that golf has a villain. It's more uh, yeah, fun this true. way. Yeah, villains are good in sports, um, but he yeah he has not he has not had a he he has not had a good couple weeks. So uh, it's kind of funny down there. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, I want to let you hear from uh, Mark Pope as uh, he was on with Tony and Austin yesterday ahead of this game with uh, Utah State as BYU uh, prepares to take them on. And uh, we'll let you hear from that. We are here from Stockton 12 Honda, 10860 South Automall Drive. It's the happy Honda days here at Stockton 12 Honda, so come down. It's a clearance pricing event. Also, you can come in this month and receive a $10 gift card just for bringing your car in for an appraisal. No purchase required. They'll also give you more. They'll give you five hundred dollars more towards your trade-in if you decide to trade that car in, and they want your car today. Uh, you also can get the twenty nineteen Civic for five dollars a day, the nineteen Accord for six dollars a day, and the CRV for seven dollars a day. And they continue their two Hondas for twelve dollars a day because it has been such a success here at Stockton Twelve Honda. And you can buy any car online at StocktonTwelveHonda.com. So even hey. Go look online, see the car you want, come in and talk to one of their uh, great salespeople, and they'll get you, they'll let you go look at that car that you saw online. So come in, check them out. We've got jazz shirts, uh, some tote bags, some parking signs, some uh, seatbelt covers, a lot of stuff here for everybody. And uh, so come in and check it out. Also, the Army Navy games going on. It is seven to seven in uh, one of the most fun weekends of the year in college football. It's just a classic event, and who doesn't like watching Army-Navy play football? Don't forget, 1280 The Zone, you've got Utah versus Weber State basketball tipping off down there at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Tony Parks, Tim Lacombe on the call, so make sure if you want that, go check them out over there on 1280 AM. Uh, Mark Pope coming up next here on The Zone Sports Network.